there's a huge hole before you start producing. And it's called the valley of death. And the valley of death comes because, of course, it's really hard <laughs> to sustain your values and your vision and your mission when you're uh, running on an empty stomach. What's up, guys? It's Eric Melcher, and you're listening to my podcast, Innovators Can Laugh, where I dive into the interesting and fascinating stories of innovators from all over the world. Mentoring and helping students prepare for exams is nothing new, but Reluca Stratulat from Romania seems to be a natural at helping others learn almost any kind of subject. Now, instead of just helping dozens of students every year, she's taking her concept globally with a gamified-based educational mobile app called EasyBot. I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. Now, let's get into it. So you've got a pretty bold vision. You want EasyBack to be the main tool that teachers and schools can use on a daily basis globally. But before we get there, tell us a little bit about your childhood. Where were you born? What was that like? I was born in Yash, which is up in the northern part of Romania. But most of my childhood I've spent in Botoshan, which is even more up north in a really small community. I consider it to be the best place where you can grow up as a child. And yeah, after growing up there, I came to Bucharest to continue with my studies. How did you get inspired about architecture? My mother is an architect and my grandmother before her also. So it's of a feminine uh, gender career in my family. And uh, it felt like a legacy that I had to carry on because I love to build things and architecture is exactly in the Venn diagram, exactly in the middle between engineering, mathematics, science, all that is rational and uh, art and all that is creative and full of imagination and beauty. So for me, it's the perfect combination. I love solving mathematical problems. I love physics as well. And at the same time, I enjoy everything that is beautiful. I consider that these are main points of attraction for us being here alive to pursue science and arts. And architecture combines them both. So that's why I decided to carry on the legacy of my family. Now, I find this fascinating. All her life, Reluca has managed to live in places that were designed by her mom or grandma. Who can say that? Listen as she explains. In Bucharest, I moved to my first studio apartment, which was in a block of flats uh, that was um, designed and built by my grandmother. And now I'm in the one that I designed. In a way, all of my life, I've uh, managed to live in <laughs> really special places designed by my family. That's very, very cool. Very cool. So if anybody had something great to say, you're yeah, my grandma designed this, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But if anybody said yeah. anything bad, you would be like, wait a minute, hold on a second. You're talking about my mom here. Yeah. Okay. So this is fascinating. You're in architecture, but then you're in university. And I read somewhere that you started helping other students learn and pass exams. They're getting these really amazing results. How did that start? It's funny because I was... I had the, some of the best grades in, the, in university. So I was in the top of my university and my colleagues were coming to me, asking me to actually do their projects for them. Therefore, I came up with a proposal for them that I would help them, of course, 
they could pay me because I needed the money during college. But that pro bono, I would meet with them afterwards and I would explain to them step by step what I did in the project so that at least I would know that they know through what I went and they get more acquainted with the field and they accepted and then we met and I uh, explained to them step by step the procedure they liked the way I explained it so much that they proposed to me for the next project they would pay me for the explanation of the step-by-step procedure instead of me actually doing it for them. Let's go ahead and get into Izibak. So you have developed a mobile application that makes learning pleasurable. Before there was an app, did you ever do anything physically in the classroom that made learning fun? Yeah, because at the end of my university, I started teaching pupils. I was preparing them for the university, for the architecture university. So working with them, I actually uh, discovered a way of making learning fun with them. Because I have amazing results with them, they enter in top universities worldwide. And I have around 100 pupils each year, and all of them manage to enter. So I have a 100% promotability rate. I realized that something that I was doing with them in the classroom was right, especially because they enjoyed it so much that our sessions are like, 15 to 20 hours long one session (laughs) this is is spread out over how many days or weeks no like one day come on yeah (laughs) a person can stay focused on a subject an adult maybe 45 minutes but usually after that they need some uh, some time to get a break and, and take a pause for that many hours they weren't getting tired mentally they just were not getting tired of consuming all this information Nope. (laughs) What were were you doing during this time? I continue doing it uh, online as well. Our sessions start at 11 a.m. and end at around 2 p.m. at night. 2 a.m. actually. Yeah, 2 a.m. at night. So what is like one of the things you do to keep them interested and engaged? I have a really clear structure and I start with history. I start with warming up. This is what I call it, because I think that as any type of effort, intellectual effort or physical effort, you need to start with a warming up. So we warm up our brains with a five minute exercise that develops your spatial and vision, logical 3D vision. After we warm up our brains, we start warming up our hearts. And this is where I teach the history of art and architecture. And we go chronologically from the beginning of our existence, uh, from the Australopithecus, from the Homo sapiens, until the present day. We go chronologically and we study the economical, political, social context, and we realize that architecture is just a mirror for them. And we understand the roles that architecture plays along the historical path of humanity. And after we warm up our hearts, we warm up our hands. And that's where we draw a 30-minute sketch where we develop our proportion. And uh, after we warm up the the part of the body uh, that is uh, the first part of the body, let's say the half, the first half, then we make a break. We have a break where we move around so that we warm up the the parts, the, the inferior half of our bodies. And where we talk, 
where we share things, where they, we go to have a coffee in the kitchen. And that's where we stay on our legs and we move and we dance sometimes and we talk and we share. And that's where they become a family because I want them to become really close so that the atmosphere connects them as well. They become a community, not just individuals. Uh, and after we do the warming up, that's where the lesson comes. And the lesson is specialized for each and every one of them. So they have their own lessons according to their level and according to the direction that they're going, because some of them want architecture, some of them want interior design, some of them want product design and so on and so forth. So they have specialized and personalized homeworks and lessons. And with the warming up, they start with the lessons and then they apply them, the lessons, and they enter the state of flow. And the state of flow is what I tried to recreate in EasyBark as well. Uh, and when you enter the state of flow, there is no space and there is no time and there is no I, and there are no you, we, them. There is just this entity creating. And when you enter that space, that place, let's say, because there's no space in it, yeah, they forget about what hour, what time, where are my parents, who am I, and so on. And it's amazing to see them enter that state of flow. And I realized that in order to help them enter it, the teacher needs to enter it first. So you need to go into the state of flow while teaching and they will follow you. Remarkable. I think you've got me in the state of flow during this interview right now where I'm just mesmerized because <laughs> you've got like this really good process that involves, oh God, movement, collaboration, getting to know one another, building that trust. And then all of a sudden, once you've achieved that, then that's when the lesson comes. It, it sounds amazing. Okay, so you're doing this. It's working out really well. You come up with the idea of, okay, let me do a mobile application. What has been the ups and downs launching Izibach up until this point? I know as a co-founder for a startup, there's many ups and downs. Is there anything that comes to mind when it comes to trying to raise money for VCs or trying to develop a go-to market strategy? And what stands out in this journey? Yeah, there are a lot of ups and downs, as you mentioned. The biggest ups, let's say, are when people understand your vision and they want to help you raise it as well. And they come to your team and your team grows. That's the biggest ups that you can have as an educational startup. And I think as a startup altogether. And the major downs are when they join you for your vision, but they also need to support themselves and to eat and pay their bills. So to have a vision is really great. And those are the up moments, but to manage to support them and your vision as well are the down moments. So yeah, it's been a hell of a ride <laughs> to attract uh, VC funding. We managed to do it through equity crowdfunding in the end. That was the best solution for us, at least for the first round. Let's see for the next one. And yeah, it's there's a difference between, there are two types of companies. That's at least what Bill Ollett says in Disciplined Entrepreneurship. He says there are IDEs, like innovation-driven entrepreneurs and entrepreneurships, of course. And at the same time, there are the SMEs, like the small companies that start producing the moment you start them, you found them. A small amount, of course, and then it grows. In the innovation-driven entrepreneurship, 
there's a huge hole before you start producing. And it's called the valley of death. And the valley of death comes because, of course, it's really hard <laughs> to sustain your values and your vision and your mission when you're uh, running on an empty stomach. Yeah. And yeah. for yourself as a founder, it's okay because you accepted it from the beginning. Right. But for the other ones who came along the ride, you feel responsible for them. So for me, the worst moments were when we were passing through the valley of death and I couldn't feed them. I couldn't offer them a lot of uh, support. So <laughs> it was really difficult. Yeah, those were the, the difficult moments because in education, you need to have a reputation first and then you can uh, monetize. So through with the innovation-driven entrepreneurship and the educational field where you need a lot of funnel created with these two factors, the valley of death is pretty wide, pretty deep. <laughs> pretty deep. But you've got like this yeah. smile and this glow about you and you can see it in your eyes and your smile. And so you're such an optimistic person that I think you're going to get through it if you haven't gone through it already. So I would say keep going because you've got a great application here. I also read somewhere that also allowing students to study subjects that are not really emphasized in school. And these are subjects such as financial education, entrepreneurship. Is that something that you got from feedback from uh, people who were using the application? Or is this something that you knew all along that you wanted to add uh, to Izibot? We knew all along because we always wanted to study these subjects. And of course, the feedback from our clients and users also confirmed it. But we wanted to offer the pupils different points of view and different uh, perspectives and everything that we wanted as uh, children. But yeah, that's why we partnered with NGOs and they provide a lot of extracurricular and we say non-formal education content. Got you, got you. Okay. Yeah. Now you also work with your husband. How is that working out? Have Has there been any funny situations during office hours, have there been any colleagues or any staff that have witnessed any arguments between you two about something at home? <laughs> How has that worked out? Of course, personal and professional life get mixed up a lot when you work with your husband. And I find it exhilarating because at the end of the day, I don't really have to tell them how it went. <laughs> you know, how was it? Well, he knows. <laughs> so we can skip the whole how was it part and we can just enjoy the rest of our evening. Uh, that's for the upside. But for the downside, of course, uh, we have different quarrels as a husband and wife and our colleagues sometimes witness them. But mostly we like to keep it uh, professional and we manage to do it quite good. I would say around 95% of the time. But of course, if I compliment him or I um, support his decisions, the other colleagues would say, yeah, of course she does. She's your wife. <laughs> or if he would do it, of course he does. He's your husband. <laughs> so He has to, right? <laughs> he has to, of course. Yeah. But we also like to criticize and bring arguments, empirical arguments to the table whenever we support or do not support each other uh, during discussions. Even though we know we are going to face the same scrutiny from our colleagues of, yeah, of course, your husband <laughs> and wife. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So last question for you, really. 
I read that your biggest achievement is also your biggest obstacle, and that is being a woman leader in technology. What did you mean by that? Because the tech world, as the architectural world, world, as I would say, is mostly male-driven, especially in Romania. As an architect, I first had to go through the male barriers. It's There's a vibe, there's a certain type of energy that a specific field has. And when, when you go into tech, the tech field has a lot of male dominance. And yes, of course, we're all human. And of course, I love each and every single human manifestation and form. But women have a certain type of energy and a certain way of expressing their creative, let's say, initiatives. And men have a different way. So it's difficult being the only woman in my company, even though we are all making jokes about it and saying the next one we're going to hire is going to be a female. (laughs) Somehow, the next one is going to be a male and an Adrian as well. We know their names already. They have to be an Adrian and they have to be a Taurus. And they also need to have a beard. So we already know them before we need to hire them. Very stubborn. Very stubborn. I know firsthand (laughs) because uh, my wife is is a Taurus. (laughs) Uh, Taurus? Yeah, my husband is a Taurus. We are both uh, married with Tauruses. Yay! Uh, They're great. They're great. When they put their minds onto something, they just, uh, they're amazing with their force and energy to accomplish them. But at the same time, if you want to stop them from accomplishing it, well, (laughs) good luck with that. So yeah, (laughs) it's uh, difficult, but I feel the need to have uh, other female um, colleagues, let's say, because there's a certain energy, creative energy that females bring. And uh, I love creating with both genders but at the same time with a balance, a harmonious balance between them. And at the moment in my company, we do not have it. I'm really happy that I managed to use my creative energy as a female, but I need backup. (laughs) (laughs) So if you're out there and you're thinking about making an impact in education and you're female, please contact me. Okay, okay. (laughs) On that note, real quick, Obviously, I know the application is available in Romania. Is there also an English version? And can other markets outside of Romania use the application right now? Right now, no. But we are working on an English version and for the SAT exam as well. And we hope that in 2022, because it sounds really great, 2022, it's going to be available for the global market as well. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, Reluca, thank you so much for being on the show. We hope that everybody learned about Reluca and Izzy back, especially where to download it. Um, where, where can people learn more about you? Is there Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, website? Where should people go? Yeah, you can follow us uh, either on Instagram because that's where our users are, <laughs> mostly. Back, uh, it's spelled with an I-Z-I and then back from Bacalaurat. This is quite specific. You can find us on our website, wizibac.ro, but it's in Romanian as well, on our Facebook page or on LinkedIn as well. We do not have a 
Twitter for some reason did not quite get it through to Romania. We don't use it here as much. But yeah, we know it's really cool. <laughs> so we're going to enter Twitter as well at the beginning of 2022. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Raluca. Until next week, this is Eric saying goodbye and la revedere. La revedere. <laughs> Thank you, Eric. <laughs> Here's a little bonus audio. Yeah. Great. I, great pillow talk. I, <laughs> so do you know Eric? Oh, of course. I've had a great pillow talk with him. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it was a great pillow talk. You have such an interesting architecture, the, the teaching. Uh, it's, it's phenomenal. <laughs> it's, it's phenomenal. I, and I totally it's, agree. Uh, when I'm looking for entrepreneurs to potentially interview and I'm looking in Estonia and it doesn't matter where in Europe, there, it's really hard to find tech women founders, entrepreneurs. So yeah. hopefully that will start to change over time. I think it will start to change as more and more so. women go into STEM and they see people like you that are making an impact and a difference. And they're going to be like, hey, Reluca did it. I can probably create something too and go into this field as well. I hope so too. I really hope so. Yeah. Good for you. Good for you. Yes, uh, yes we can. <laughs> That's right. That's right. You're... Let me be the pinup girl for tech women. <laughs> <laughs> I can tie a bow tie here. Yes, we can with codes here. <laughs> There should be a tech poster like that with a woman saying, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, with a phone here. <laughs> yes, we can. <laughs> to see the show notes for every show, as well as get a preview of who our next guest will be, sign up for our newsletter at innovatorscollab.substack.com.